Don't be an idiot. Changed my life. Expecting the minimum, the minimum, the minimum. That's a formula I can live by. Don't be an idiot. Get up and do better. Two imperfect pastors trying to figure it out. <laughs> Hello and welcome and thank you for making the choice here to listen to your two favorite idiots on <laughs> Don't mm-hmm. Be an Idiot. Hey, just last week and, and this week, last week specifically, was a pretty heavy episode. We had Dylan on telling a story about his friend Kyle. Uh, we talked about suicide. We talked about depression and loneliness. Uh, and Caleb kind of hinted at in that that he, we wanted to follow it up uh, with some answers to some yeah. of these things. Uh, so just we're going to continue in that conversation, at least in that that thread of thought. And hopefully by the end of this, we'll have some hope, Caleb. I think that's the best way I could tee it up for you. So mm-hmm. uh, what, what are you thinking? What do you got for us? Yeah, so as you, we talk about the world is not the worst it's ever been. Um, but there is a... <laughs> the good lot, old days lie. <laughs> yes, the good old days lie. And, and we can go into that some other time. But uh, as I look around at the world, I see a level of hopelessness both from Christians and just society in general, that <laughs> frankly doesn't really correspond to reality that well. But in, in our political system, there is a hopelessness there. Uh, on oh, I'd be the first side. to say I am hopeless. It uh, seems hopeless. Uh, yeah. In that uh, specific realm. Yeah. The the social structures. There's a breakdown. There's uh, no common dialogue there. Um, we see. The all of the statistics over the last twenty years are, are rising. Depression is on the rise. Suicide, uh, suicide um, as in completed suicide, is up thirty five percent in the last two decades. Um, and uh, by the way, that's there was uh, almost fifty thousand people in the United States that committed suicide in twenty twenty one, but there's a hundred thousand people that died of drug overdose. As we've legalized across the country, uh, marijuana, we've shockingly and completely unpredictedly, <laughs> Sar- s- yeah, insert sarcasm here. Yeah, yeah, seen drug use spike all across our country. Uh, hard drugs, much harder drugs. Uh, both of which, all whether it's marijuana or whatever else, also corresponds to this this hopelessness uh, that is pervading our our country and by the way i would say that it's equally true in the church that maybe not equally but but also true in the church especially as i see people talk about the the political situation and whatnot and it's one thing if the political system if we're losing hope in that but if we're losing hope in general or if we're becoming a hopeless people we're missing out. What? Uh, first thing you're taught in debate class, Caleb. I heard someone talk say this yesterday is to find your terms. Mm-hmm. So give us, just give us a small definition of hope. Oh. <laughs> or maybe hopelessness. Like help us understand what you're talking about here. So, well, um, I'm going to flip over. Uh, yeah, I just want to look that up, honestly. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a good. I just I, I As we talk prepared. about hopelessness. Like specific, specifically, 
I would say I have lost hope in certain structures, political structures, whatever structures you're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because what I would say to you or to others is like, well, how are you going to lose hope in something that you shouldn't have been keeping hope in anyway? Yeah. Um, And that's where this ultimately is going to go. But yes, that's exactly that's yeah. the end. And but but show us maybe so what hope is. Yeah. The the dictionary this is from dictionary.com. Uh, hope is defined as to wish for a particular event that one considers possible, uh, to have confidence or trust, uh, to desire and consider possible. So, um, as small as I hope the Chiefs are going to win Sunday, right? So, th- and this is actually. This is the English definition of the word hope. Okay. So biblically, when they're speaking of hope, it's much more of, uh, I've used this analogy before, hope in the Bible is much more like, oh, I hope the sun rises today. Meaning. I know it's going to happen. All of my past experience, I have nothing but proof that the sun will rise again, but I still hope it rises. Think about the story of Jeremiah. Mm. You know what I mean? And how he's getting up every day and preaching to people who aren't listening. Mm. And yet he keeps going back because he has a hope in who God is. Mm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and that's, a, but by the experiences that he's having, you know, I hope the sun's going to rise. That's a funny hope because everything in your life that you've ever experienced has said tomorrow, what's going to happen? It's going to rise. <laughs> yeah, there it is. That's to the point where we're predicting it <laughs> that we have predicted within the second. You know right. Know? We know, we know, we know it's going to happen. Know. That's biblical hope. Like I know this is going to happen certain of what is to come. Uh, that, that's the definition of faith oh, so in, in yeah. Hebrews. And and hope is, is sort of parallel. We, t- we talked about uh, calling this the forgotten pillar because it, 1 Corinthians 13, at the end of the love chapter, it says these three remain, faith, hope, and love. And uh, I, I, I have not, I'm checking myself as I say that, I don't think I've ever heard a sermon on hope, just on hope. Like I've heard a lot of sermons on love heard a lot of sermons. I, I mean, nearly every sermon involves faith in some level, of, uh, love and faith, but just hope. And as I look around, I was like, that's what we need to be preaching. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is First uh, Peter 3. I'm going get, to get, get it wrong. One of my favorite verses and then get it wrong. First Peter 3. Oh, look at I skipped in my notebook. First uh, Peter 3, uh, 15. Always be prepared to give a reason for the hope, the hope yeah. that is within you. Uh, right now, I am just in my in my own personal quiet time doing a study on on the word hope as it's used in scripture, and uh, I'm very early into it. But my early observation, which is very interesting, is that uh, hope is uh, talked about. Uh, the first book of the Bible where it's used a lot is the book of Job. Oh. <laughs> How interesting is that? Job, so, this hopeless situation, this book that's all about dealing with oh, the problem of evil. We talked about that yep. in the Predators of the Faith. And grief yet, is forefront. Grief yeah. and real, real pain, real anguish of the heart. And then what I found super interesting is that hope is not talked about uh, it's only talked about, the word is only used in Matthew and John, and it's only used in each of those once. Huh. And, and then it's used uh, a lot in Romans and First, Second Corinthians, and that's, that we'll, we'll get to that. But Well, you, you're quoting this pretty big, you said 30, 35% rise Increase. in depression mm-hmm. and suicide, mm-hmm. uh, or suicide, yeah. completed suicide, you said. Yes. Uh, 
Not attempts. One, like, I hope you listener two are skeptical. I know I am skeptical. Anytime someone throws a percentage at me. Sure. Yeah. So walk us through maybe where you're getting some of this, like what's causing some of this, like, you know, are you finding resources that are telling you like, like what the heck's going on, man? Like this, this, if this is true and, and I think it is, why isn't this a bigger deal right now? Like, why aren't we talking about it? Why aren't we fighting? Well, well it is, um, it is a big deal and people are talking about it. In fact, uh, so, so this first question, it's the CDC, uh, Center okay. for Disease Control, is the branch of our government that tracks these statistics. Um, so <laughs> however much you trust the CDC, yeah. but they are the ones who do have access to this information. They have so, raw numbers at the very least. Yes. Yeah. And so they're the ones that, that publish this information every year. And you can go just find this on cdc.gov. Um, so with that being said, there's so many different answers as to why. Uh, but I, I found an article that was published um, yesterday on Psychology Today. Uh, so it was published, sorry, this podcast will come out a little bit later, but it was published September 18th of 2023. And she goes, she's gone through, this is a psychologist, a secular psychologist, and she's given three different reasons, three factors that may be driving uh, the recent trend upward over the last two decades, specifically even. Uh, so 2018 to 2020 saw a, a huge jump yeah. in suicides. It came back down, ironically, a little bit post uh, during the pandemic and then rose back up, uh, shot back up. So she has three different reasons that she sees as, as driving this uh, trend up. The first is loneliness. And when I read that, I was just like, of course. We are, we've destroyed all of our communal communities, uh, all of our natural communities. Less people are going to church. Less people are involved in local civics. Less people going uh, to school. are going to school. Less people have big families. Less people are going to work. Less people are going to work. Like everywhere where we used to find community is breaking down. And, and we're telling people that they can find community online. Which is not yeah. true. I, we can I even won't. talk about community, like church community, Christian community being better than others. But you're just saying in general, yeah. Yeah. no community. You remove people from people. People. From loneliness. Per- okay, that might be the most obvious <laughs> thing ever said. You remove people from people. Loneliness prevails. And loneliness directly leads to, uh, we could go into that, but loneliness is tied directly to depression, which ties directly to suicide. Loneliness. It, uh, yeah, they're quoting in here, 20%, 26% rise in premature death. So not just so just premature mm. death, like you die sooner, lonely. Uh, one of the leading uh, the leading demographic, meaning the leading age group that is uh, committing suicide at a higher rate, the elderly. Mm. The elderly is the, and that ties directly into loneliness. You have to be a part of community, literally for the sake of your life. And I think loneliness sometimes. Uh, there's two kinds of loneliness that I've seen. There's the pretty classic, like if you were to draw a poster of loneliness, it's Eeyore in the rain, oh, yeah, yeah. dark, gray, <laughs> yes. cloudy. And then there's the loneliness of, you know, this would be, if I was going to be lonely, this how it would be. Everyone around me, I'm talking to and smiling mm. out, mm-hmm. but I'm going home with no real connections. Mm. Uh, there's the two lies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, and right now our society's barreling forward at both. Or, or, or you just said like, go find community online. Like, mm-hmm. 
uh, I'm not lonely. I've got 2 million followers. Right. No one to come help me move, but. I was just on to one of my friends who was struggling with, uh, two, two of my friends who were like, hey, I'm doing this big job. Call me. Like, I want to help. <laughs> and I'm to the point, Caleb, and you and I just talked about, we're just going to start showing up. Uh, yes, there's, <laughs> <laughs> that's not loneliness, but the, just the, community shows. At up. least one of them, I, I know the issue, and it's perfectionism. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I can't the let sin anybody. Of perfectionism. Else. Well, I can't let anybody else help me because they're not going to do it up to my standard, which would be me one hundred percent. Yeah, of the I'm just going to come watch you guys mud your houses. Y- yeah. So, well, <laughs> uh, off topic, but do you remember like one of the few things I've. I, had you come help me with was like digging a hole. I'm there's, there's can't screw that one up. Can't screw that one up because that would be something I struggle with is yeah. asking for help in general. But then also I struggle with perfectionism and it. I want it. But all outside to be done of perfectly. just silly home improvement, yes, that's going to show its ugly head in other places too, right? Exactly. It's it, this this isolation. One of the weird things uh, they talk about um, the decline of the bowling alley. What the bowling alley used to form an integral part of communities. People used to belong to uh, uh, bowling leagues and, and had this relationship. My older brother's a part of the bowling league. <laughs> I don't know anyone else who is. So. Uh, I know one, uh, one person, and now do your older brother. But So th- the point is, uh, as our, our churches, as all of our community-based institutions decline, loneliness obviously will, will uh, escalate, which leads to a result in isolation just going back to the story from last week with dylan kyle was lonely <coughs> kyle struggled the, the the in his story the key relationships in his life broke down the the one key relationship in his life broke down and that was it then for dylan the survivors, uh, Dylan and his roommate, as they were processing through their third roommate's death, they, they didn't have community to process through that with, which actually tees up perfectly the, th- the second issue she said, she's pointed out with why depression, why suicide is, is rising. And she said delayed grief. Uh, she actually says this aspect maybe why suicide rates actually went down slightly in 2020 uh, in the first year of the pandemic research has shown that suicide rates sometimes drop during national disasters uh, it then rises afterwards as people deal with the long-term consequences like job and income loss and a decline of physical and emotional health uh, I, I would agree with this uh, in in dylan's story he had no place to deal with this grief Again, obviously, you've lost your community. You're dealing with loneliness. So how can you process through this grief? Um, we, we talk all the time. Community is such a big deal. Community helps you process through grief. You need someone. And it doesn't even necessarily need to be uh, a, a licensed counselor. You need a friend yeah. to process through this stuff with. Well, when you don't have that, that grief piles up. I think we said before in the story of Job, mm-hmm. uh, his friends get a lot of grief. Mm. Uh, but I'm going to call them good friends that showed up and didn't say anything for a while. Yeah. There, there was a part of them that were good friends. Yeah. Yeah. They, they hung out there for days. Days. You know what I mean? Uh, he had friends. He had, yeah. Where did they get in trouble? 
is when they start talking. <laughs> no, that's never been my story. They had. <laughs> <laughs> they they had community and 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 yeah, just be there, be there, and just say this really sucks. But the other side of that, so be a good friend. I, I think about this a lot. Like, it's a vulnerable thing to be an actual part of an actual community. Mm. You have to be willing to let people into that. We, I think there's some guilt to be like, I don't want, you know, if I'm feeling grief, I don't want Caleb to feel that. Mm. But I'm I'm taking away Caleb's... Blessing. Blessing. But, yeah, but, sure. But, uh, uh, feeling close. Um, he gets to carry some of my weight because he is committed to me as one of my guys. In the same way, you know, so I think, you know, the joke we had about the home improvement, mm-hmm. the real thing behind there is like, let me take some of the weight. Mm. You ever seen Coach Carter? The movie Coach Carter? Ooh, it's a long been a time. While. There's a, a kid, you know, you know, this guy comes in to turn around this basketball program in, yeah, in yeah, a yeah. low income area, and there's this really kid with a bad attitude who's who doesn't, is it, but he gets this huge consequence, mm-hmm. and uh, he can't finish it. He tries, he tries, so many push ups, so many up downs, so many uh, uh, runs up and down the court, and and the, one of the high points of the movie is the coach sticks to his guns and says, "Hey, you, you didn't do it. You owe me this many." up downs and this mm. many push-ups yeah and the team the team the community yeah. looks at him and, and then one guy comes up and steps up and says like hey i can do 100 of these push-ups and another guy goes i oh, i can do I some re- i can do some up downs i can do some back and forths on the on the oh you know on running and then the coach sits there and he, he kind of fights it for a second he's like no okay this is what community is we carry each other's weight such a big deal I heard this quote, and I just had to look it up again. Uh, to integrate yourself, to in, sorry, ingratiate to ingratiate yourself to someone for a day, offer them a favor. To ingratiate yourself to someone for a lifetime, ask them for a favor. Being vulnerable and asking for help is not weak. It, it's strength. Um, the just going back to this, the the third uh, leading thing she said is guns, and uh, we will. <laughs> There's difference opinion in this room right now, yeah. and not maybe difference opinions. Just this is a tense, hard thing to talk about. Yeah. So the f- fact of the matter is, is a gun is a very effective suicide technique. Hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, it is a very instant. So where I would go with this is, if you're struggling with depression, um probably not a good idea to keep ready access to a firearm that doesn't mean you get rid of it, it just give it to a trusted friend uh, oh to, wait just pause there <laughs> the government yeah. is not a trusted friend uh, oh yep, yeah. hot take there. there it was there the it was there's my uh, is not a hot take yeah uh, or the government uh, is not a trusted friend sorry i'm just sitting there thinking i would give the same advice to someone who's an alcoholic and struggling yeah hey uh yeah Having containers and availability to alcohol, mm-hmm. not a good idea. No, not a good idea. Drugs, should not, yeah. uh, hey, I would stay away from this. Uh, pornography, hey, uh, maybe smartphone access. Maybe we should take that away. Maybe we should limit that for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all of that. This is just being a rational, reasonable yeah. person. Because the fact of the matter is, is that in those moments, you're not thinking clearly. And that's hard to say and it's probably hard to hear I have been there I have 
had those feelings of just darkness, of hopelessness, of everybody would be better off if I was gone. And you 100% believe that's true. It's a lie. It's but a it, lie. But you believe. It's a, and you feel that the best thing I could do for those I care about is to not be here anymore. And that is a lie, but because of the darkness there, because because typically you're also in isolation because those key relationships have broken down because everything else is broken. There's nobody there to confront you with the truth. And then so add into all that, then having access to a weapon that can then immediately end it is why over half of suicides are done with firearms because otherwise... It's slower, takes longer, more people can get found, can get in, intervene. You come out of that that pit even a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Even having to do two or three steps can stop. Can stop it. Yeah. Because you then have to begin to think and plan. Uh by the way, just with this with the idea of depression and, and isolation, this is why social media is so dangerous. Because it's fake friends in fake community that increase your depression as you see everybody else having yeah. fun without you. Um, that every study that we've done and we're still <laughs> social media as a whole genre is still just new. Uh, but every study that's being done, there's a strong correlation between social media use and depression. Can I put my student pastor hat on here for a second? I, that's what I was going to ask you to do. Speak <laughs> yeah. to that. Uh, parents, you should not let your child have access to these things at an age where they're trying to form who they are, where their identity is a key issue. They're going to fight you. They're going to be mad at you because you're going to feel like you're not allowing them to have the childhood, a good, fun childhood, and that's all you want them to have. I cannot come up with a good excuse for teenagers to be have access to these social media platforms mm. i'm not saying there's not good things in them i'm just saying there's so many bad things in them yeah uh there is a direct correlation between the rise in lgbtq and transgender identity issues and the rise in social media mm-hmm. and there's a rise in those lgbtq communities and the transgender communities there's a rise in suicide because they're believing the lies of the devil that's key right there it it's not that because they identify as that is because they're believing lies, core lies about who they are, what their place is in the world, and who determines their self-worth. I just saw a teenage girl post today, today, uh, one of, on, on her story. It said, basically, hey, don't, it was just a bad picture. You don't have to form your whole mood on a bad picture. <laughs> and she was speaking to this disgusting truth that one bad look online it can stay forever because that's the way social media is can totally change the way that you think the way you identify and the way you feel about yourself. The voices in your child's head are loud enough without adding all of this junk into it. And Caleb, you've teased slash appreciated slash gone, slash gone with me on the journey of moving from, <laughs> from yeah. I've changed the way I've thought on this yeah. in 10 years of youth ministry. Uh, well, and to be fair, there's more data now 
than there were it, 10 years ago. Than there was yeah. 10 years ago. 10 years ago, we were still, I would have been saying, be a good digital community, teach your teenager how to do this. I don't see a good option mm-hmm. to do this. Uh, to the point where I've been re, just re-looking at all the ways that I use social media and youth ministry. Like, I don't want to even want to encourage it in it. Yeah. So Caleb and I in our small group have had kind of small commitments, conversations all the time about when are we going to let our kids in on this? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's funny, every time the kind of the conversation it gets later, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, uh, never? Is never an option? Uh, a lot of my friends who would have grown up in the social media boom mm-hmm. are getting as far away from social media as possible. Yep. Because we've seen how it leads to really nothing great. Um, and a lot, a lot of bad. A lot of bad. As someone just asked me yesterday, when, when should I give my kids a smartphone? Caleb, you love my answer. So <laughs> yes, go ahead, I give it, it. You steal it. Uh, whenever you're ready for your daughter to be propositioned for sex and your son to see pornography. That's when you should give them a phone. So when, <laughs> when exactly are you ready for that? When are you ready for your daughter? And it feels like we might be kind of going off on a tangent, but those, all of those things are tied directly to this rise in depression mm-hmm. and loneliness and suicide. So as we turn the corner here and begin to start to wrap up, realize yeah, hit, hit, hit that, that home run here. Yeah. Or hit the, the home stretch. The only place, the only place, and this is the preponderance of what scripture is talking about. Well, okay. Uh, have you heard the song Rattle? I uh, love Rattle. So. Rattle is, it's really just this story of uh, the, uh, it's in the book of Ezekiel. It's Ezekiel chapter 37. I encourage you to go read it. It's, it's amazing. And this song Rattle is, is making this, this uh, story popular. But in the story of Ezekiel, it, the, the word hope is used. That's why it was uh, up in, in the front of my brain. But it says the people were hopeless. The people were perishing. And literally what Ezekiel is seeing, God gave him this vision. And, and it's this valley filled with death, filled with dry bones. Skeletons. Yeah. Skeletons, man. And, and then God said, watch and see what's going to happen. And then God breathed out his spirit. He ruhat, that's breath. <laughs> God breathed into dead things. We've been waiting for Nerd Caleb to show oh, up. It dude, just happened. <laughs> right from Genesis yeah. chapter chapter 2, God creates man with his breath. All the way through. Oh, it's, it's everywhere. That's what God breathed out in, in, in Noah's story. When he saw Noah, he breathed out and, and started changing the world. God breathed out and spl- uh, split the, the, the Red Sea for the children of Israel to come across. And in this story, God breathed out on this valley of dead bones, and they came to life. And it talks about bones and seed news being knit back together and the dead were raised to life. By the way, this is exactly what happens. It's the same word used at Pentecost for when the Holy Spirit came down on believers and changed dead things to life. This is the story that we're talking about. And formerly we were hopeless. Then God breathed out his spirit and in Christ now, when we were buried with Christ, when we rose to new life, now we are in Christ. Now we have hope. And that's what we're supposed to be living in such a way. We're supposed to be exuding this hope of the resurrection, of life. And that's what the gospel is. It, it moves us from this identity and self and identity and other things to all of a sudden we're identifying in Jesus 
who is oh my one of the coolest stories in the New Testament mm-hmm. uh, is uh, in Acts talking about the Philippian jailer Paul and Silas. Just a quick Paul and Silas get thrown in jail because yep. they're spreading the gospel. Yep, they get thrown in the deep dark cell. They're mm. singing hymns to God. Uh, a, mm-hmm. a hymn that came in my head is. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. Absolutely. So let's just say that they're singing that. <laughs> they weren't because that song was written later. Uh, I was thinking of that song earlier that I wanted to talk about it and I forgot to write it down. Yes. So excellent job. Uh, yeah, my hope my is hope. built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. And as they're singing, uh, the supernatural stuff starts happening and they get broken out of prison. Uh, now, the jailer, who was a Roman jailer, now Roman Greek thought their identity would have been found Honor would be the word. Yeah. Honor's the word, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. He goes to run himself through to commit suicide with his sword because it was so dishonorable that he would they would break out right. on his watch. Paul says, hey, stop. Paul gives the gospel in that moment. This man has seen and experienced God in a way that most will never. Uh, and that man gets saved right there. And I was talking to Caleb about this. There is this identity shift from this honor-based identity mm-hmm. to this hope-based identity in who Jesus mm-hmm. is. And that's what you're talking about. Yes. That... All of a sudden, hope is the foundation of my life because all my hope is built on Jesus Christ and his righteousness. That's it. That, that's the story of the gospel. And that's why we're commanded in First Peter, always be prepared to give a reason for the hope that is within you. So that means people should see the hope within you. They should see Jesus in you. Jesus is the hope that we have. And that's the only hope. There is no other option. It's not in politics. It's not in uh, doing enough, being good enough. It's not in any, it's not in social media, having enough friends. Not in it's your marriage. Not in your marriage, not in your community, not in uh, your whatever it is that you're good at. It's Jesus. And that's why it's the third pillar. It's love, hope, faith. These three, and they're all about your identity in Christ. You are loved in Christ Jesus. You have faith in Christ Jesus. You have hope in Christ Jesus. And that's why we should be great examples of this. This is what should be attractive to the world about us, is we have hope. So I guess a challenge for me, you, everyone, to live in such a way that people see that hope, that we're not walking around beaten down, that, that we're not anxious or, or depressed because we're telling ourselves what's true about our identity in Christ. I love it. Uh, preaching the gospel to people in our life. So uh, just to add on the back here, like if you're feeling, Caleb you know, was able to identify with you a little bit, if you're feeling this hopelessness, uh, man, reach out. Uh, yes. Dil- in Dylan's story yesterday, I think the high point was one of his friends told him, it's not your fault. Mm. That your friend died. Uh, there's truth to be spoken over this hopelessness, yep. and it's found in Jesus. Uh, Caleb and I would love to talk to you mm-hmm. um, before decisions are made that are irreversible. Yeah. So. Yes. Uh, if we were singers, we would go out on this hymn. <laughs> <laughs> but Caleb and I are not singers. Uh, but maybe the lyric there, Caleb. Uh, yeah. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood. And righteousness. An idiot. Changed my life. Expecting the minimum, minimum, the minimum. That's a formula I can live by. Don't be an idiot. Get up and do better. Two imperfect pastors trying to figure <laughs> it out. 